Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, who, by the way, I just noticed happens to be wearing our son's Venom shirt. <laughs> Ah, that's weird that you can trade clothes off with Colton. <laughs> he's 13, and he's a big boy, isn't he? I just keep thinking of him as my baby, and it's just hard for me to... Uh, <sighs> maybe because it's Mother's Day, and uh, these thoughts of motherhood are in my mind, and I thought, JC, we would do a fun show today. We would do a show dedicated to Mother's Day to the mothers of history. And as I was preparing uh, the the scenes for this show, because if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, all the scenes that you see that flash up, I actually have to, I have to prepare those ahead of time and load them in. And so I was preparing for this. And it occurred to me, JC, that you have a course that teaches about some very important mothers. And it may not be the one that first comes to your mind. And so what I want to do is I want to start off this morning with these very important, some of the very important first mothers that you cover in your morality of resistance class. Um, Think about that. Aren't the Hebrew midwives, aren't they some very important mothers? Sure. Can you uh, tell... Give them a little pre, you know. Tell them about these important mothers. Why? Shotgun me again. Yeah, it's not shotgun. You've caught this class for a long time. You've it's for you know for years now. So just, I mean, why why do we need to know why these women are important and what is the important lesson that they're teaching us? Well, this is a story out of Exodus chapter one where Pharaoh Pharaoh institutes the mandatory abortion and. Uh, you know, they stand up and resist and, uh, you know, not comply. And of course, this this jumps into the story of Moses. Well, that's coming up next. But the that. the Hebrew midwives, the, the king issues an order, right, to kill all the Hebrew boys as they're being born. Right. And this is this is a valid law issued by the king. And the Hebrew wives say what? Well, no. No. We'll not comply. We will not comply. And I think that's really, really important because the history that we're going to see today 
is a history of women who are patriots to the cause of liberty. And I think that's that's what I want to show here today is that that patriotism isn't necessarily about a loyalty to geography. Okay. These this is a loyalty to to a principle of life and liberty and these women were so uh, actively uh, of our history so actively involved in this. And so the, the, the Pharaoh says to the Hebrew midwives, as you're, de- as you're delivering these, these Hebrew children, when you discover that it's a boy, which is going to be at the very end, right? I mean, you know, the babies come out head first. Yeah, they didn't have sonograms back then. Yeah. <laughs> so when you discover that it's a boy, you have to kill it. This is government-mandated abortions by law, uh, post-birth, and the Hebrew midwives, well, they don't exactly say no, though, do they? They just... Well, re- they deliver the child. They deliver the child, but they don't kill it. And when the he- when the Pharaoh says, I gave you an order, why didn't you do this? Yeah, it's, it's different than what we have in America. Yeah. This is the bill that Democrats refused to pass the, uh, the uh, Born Alive bill. Right. Right. So, like, they're on the side of, they're on the Pharaoh side. So, Democrats in the U.S. are on Pharaoh's side. Kill the child when they're born alive. So, these, you know, that these midwives were refusing to do that. Well, then, as you said, this leads into the story of Moses' mother, Jacobed, mm-hmm. who, who, again, the nation has been issued an order by the government that since these Hebrew midwives are not killing the babies when they're born... You have to you have to kill all boys up to the age of two years, and you throw them in the, in the water. And Jacobed was another mother who said, "No, no." It was interesting when you teach this. You t- you tell about how um, teach this story as you would in this class because I'm 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 teaching it for you. I don't know why. You're doing great. Just, no, doing I don't want to do that because it's you know I mean I want people to know what kind of of delivery you have with this class. This is amazing and powerful class that you teach. Well, they should buy the video or come to the come to the class, but Well, you give them a preview to know why they version. should do. Yeah, do the radio show for them <laughs> why they should buy it. People, why should I buy this Bible story DVD? Yeah, well, the lesson is about standing up for principle and particularly people of faith and and lays out the principles of uh of standing against unrighteous decrees, no matter who, you know, no matter the source of that decree. So, in, in each of the stories that we talk about, um, well, the stories as they as they are written in the scripture, as they happen. Um, yeah, it's never actually story when you think of it. People see stories like fiction. It's actually right. this is history. No. These are things that actually happened. Right. So the the. Um, you know the bad guy, so to speak, is is the government, and that's the thing which that, the pastors don't teach when they teach about these things. Yeah, and that it's was Pharaoh really, and the king, and yeah, and that was kind of the spark of uh, putting this together and that realization years ago in all of these stories that that uh, you know Christians and and others other biblical you know Christians and Jews, I guess you could say, hear these stories from the scripture, um, and as I heard them and even later taught them 
in the church, yeah, that connection is, is not made. And so it clicked for me years ago. Wait a minute. Every one of these stories, the, the bad actor is the government. The ones that mm-hmm. people are saying, no, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do what you say. They're talking to the government. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing that's sort of missing the, the um, I don't even know what you call it, the, the awareness right. that seems to be missing. I mean, I t- when you think about it, think about the times we've taught this story and different, some of these sort of wimpy, uh, I don't know, blind, sleepy pastors that we've run into that are somehow offended or something. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm relating the scripture. I'm, I'm just telling the scripture and saying right, what's right, there. Here's, exactly. here's what it says. Here's what they're doing. Here's the actors. And they're offended by that. So they're offended by the idea that you're actually sharing what really, you know, all of the details, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas when the same pastors preach it, they're concealing a detail, either that they're unaware of or they don't want the people to be aware of. So they're, so they're happy and they're, they want to preach an untruth, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I'm t- telling all of it, they're offended. So it's a very bizarre uh, experience that we run into with some of these folks. And so well, this story, right. I mean, this story is pretty straightforward. It, it is Pharaoh. It is the government, again, issuing mandatory abortions kill the children. In both cases, we have the he, he mandatory abortion to the doctors who are delivering the babies. Yeah, it's really the same. The doctors and the nurses that are delivering the babies. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same law. It's like, you know, the NDAA just gets updated and tweaked every year and add, right, you know, right, right. add some more tyrannical <laughs> part to it. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. Because we're have... having trouble enforcing the first part, so we're yeah. going to expand. Right. Like, like, like the journalist said uh, in the show, we're going to expand... Uh, in the previous show, how the journal said, we're just, Congress needs to expand their, their power, broaden yeah. their powers. That's yeah. what the Pharaoh has done here. I'm broadening my powers because I can't get anybody to follow my law. Yeah, so this is even, you know, this was, I, would you call a sort of post-birth abortion then? This is even later. This is like infanticide, you know, right. two, up to two years old or whatever. Right. Uh, so... Um, Jochebed is one of those mothers, and pretty much everybody knows the story of Moses. If you've if you've been in church, but if you've been exposed to these the scripture, um, you know about hiding him in the bulrushes or whatever. So the, she put him in a basket. Yeah, and the, the, set him out in the water. The command was drown. You know, drown these babies in the Nile. And she says, you know, I'm I'm not drowning my baby in the river, but she actually puts him in the river to save. To save mm-hmm. his life, and uh, one thing I don't know. I, it seems like you, you initially were the one that kind of pointed out. Yeah. This this. I know thought. what you were talking about. Yeah, it uh, is. It was me. It was. Yeah, you you had mentioned after I taught it one day, and you you kind of you said, "Wow, I never you know think about this here. This mother is in this situation, and I believe you're 100 correct. Here she is, uh, in a place." Where she's probably thinking, you know, she's in the, the the worst position a mother could be in of having to give up her child. And she's probably thinking, you know, I'll never see this child again. She's putting him in the river to say, you know, to save him. Mm-hmm. But she essentially has to sacrifice him, you know, from her life. Right. And had no guarantee, no no hopes, no thought of seeing this baby again but right. yet this this mother making the greatest sacrifice gets the greatest blessing a mother in this situation could receive 
not only did she, you know, yeah, she saw the child again, she actually got to raise him in the throne room of the king. Paid by the king. And, <laughs> and gets put on the payroll. Well, that's what happened to the Hebrew midwives as well. I mean, it's not just simply that they said no, but when they said no to the law, yeah. as the doctors who are delivering the babies, we're not going to comply. The scripture said God blessed them and increased their own family basically gave them own families they made he made them mothers right right? and that's part of why i wanted this important story of motherhood for us to know because frankly jc we're just not teaching these stories the way they need to be told Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our special Mother Day uh, edition of the Chris Ann Hall Show because there are so many important mothers in the history uh, that creates not just simply America, but the principles of liberty. And we... Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And we're dealing, JC, with a, with revisionism in our schools. We're dealing with revisionism in politics, in society, who simply do not teach this. Because we have an agenda, right? Because the agenda is... They have an agenda. Okay, so they have an agenda, right. So they have an agenda... So the agenda is they. (laughs) Who are they? I don't know who they are, but they have an agenda. And and the agenda is we, we have to isolate and alienate an entire population of America to convince them that their history is is full of of these tyrannical overpowering men where women were nothing but submissive victims of misogyny and abuse. And, and I really hate that caricature because, because women are great. And we've done so Amen. many, many, many great things. And for me, I, I have my Real Women of Courage t-shirt on. You can find it at chrisannhall.com. And for me... It really, really makes me sad, JC. I I have a hard time when I teach the Forgotten Founders class and I'm bringing the truth about these women. I really have a hard time keeping my emotional composure because in my mind, what is coming through my mind is the, uh, the understanding that so many of our young women out there are being denied examples of, of real strength, real courage, real virtue, real patriotism and oh and that's something that you bring up when you teach your class about uh the um uh righteous resistance the the morality of resistance how many how many little Moseses out there mm-hmm. how many and today with society and their their views on killing babies and and the devaluing of life how many Hebrew nursemaids out there, how many 
Jacobeds out there are being denied this example and being force-fed the new societal norm that life has no value and that you have no authority to stand up against someone in government or in power. You know, we just have to enforce the law. How many doctors and nurses out there who consider themselves Christians mm -hmm. believe that because this is a law and because they need a paycheck, that they have an obligation to to comply with these kinds of things. If somebody requests an abortion, that they have to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's, it's funny because, you know, sometimes you get a response. You get sort of the naysayers. And uh, when I was basically teaching that idea of, you know, we're missing Moses because of the brainwashing. And mm -hmm. somebody said, well, there's on, there was only one Moses, you know. It's only the one... And I thought, yeah, and but what if it was supposed to be your kid? Right. I mean, what if, what if, they, you know, it was your Moses? But mm -hmm. because we're not teaching the stuff and and they're being brainwashed. I, I was list, I listened to uh, Charlie Kirk, uh, I think yesterday, just a little clip, and was t saying how why he started Turning Point USA. I mean, he was a teenager, he was like eighteen or teenager or whatever, right. and he was saying how, you know, he watched all the kids in school and, you know, they kind of believed. Uh, they're patriotic, they love their country, they, they believed in sort of traditional liberty values, but yet there was this sort of automatic, we're supposed to be liberal, and, and they just automatically went that way, and he got tired of seeing that. So, it's, right. you know, that to me is the same thing, where they're all being brainwashed. You have, by his testimony, you had the potential of these kids believing the right thing. And but, they're Christian but children, because, that's his friends. Yeah, but because no one was reaching them, no one was giving them an example, and they were being exposed to, to this sort of propaganda, mm -hmm. uh, then you're, you're losing all of those. So to me, you know, so he, here's a kid like Charlie Kirk, you know, who, who was basically the Moses that stood up and is trying to bring more out, you know. What so, about this mother? Really important. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, who stood up in the same spirit of Jochebed and the, and the Hebrew midwives and said, I will not comply with a law that deprives my children of their future in liberty. I mean, we don't teach it that way. She was a mother who said, no, I will not comply because this is wrong. As Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. Uh, J.C., you have a class uh, called More Than Victims, America's Hidden Black Heritage. And I just wanted to do a little spot to make sure that everybody knows where they can find this. The black heroes that have been all but erased from American history. Do you know their names? And do your children know the example that they set? America was not built by victimhood. America was built by the exact opposite. And we're talking today about our 
uh, historical mothers, the mothers who stood for the righteousness, who stood for liberty, who stood for all the things that were right in the face of a government who by law, mind you, not by some tyrannical act, by some random guy, not by some act of some some random uh, bigot or hate, hate mongerer, but by law, by government. And I have a class called uh, Forgotten, The Forgotten Mothers or The Founding Mothers and The Forgotten Founders where we teach all of this. And in the last segment, JC, you talked about the propaganda that is really brainwashing our children. And we have this cultish worship going on in America, even amongst the millennials that you might think are maybe not tuned in, not government kind of people who are worshiping Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Everything that is coming out of, of well, like, I don't know, is anything coming out of her mouth these days? <laughs> uh, yeah. They spotted her at a long. bowling alley. <laughs> what? Yeah, they spotted her at a bowling alley. Doing what? A- attending bowling? some kind of, no, I don't, I don't, no, I don't think anybody alleged she bowled. She showed up to a party or a gathering or something at a wow. bowling alley. Ruth Bader Ginsburg or her doppelganger. Who knows? Anyway, but I don't know if people remember, but uh, when uh, Barack Obama was president, I think it was 2014, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was invited to to do an interview in Egypt during the Arab Spring. Was that 2014 or 2012? I can't remember. And the journalist asked her, do you think that the U.S. Constitution is a model that Egypt should follow as we are designing our new government. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, this Supreme Court justice, the one who took an oath that said, I do solemnly swear I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States without hesitation or mental reservation. That's the oath. Her answer was no. And to substantiate her answer, she said, because the Constitution was written to oppress women and to keep them out of politics. Now, at Mother's Day, when Google is highlighting the women of history, do you not believe that this woman is going to be one of those highlights? Seriously, this woman is going to be highlighted uh, as a champion of women who has taught a propaganda that is simply not true, that the Constitution was written to oppress women and to keep them out of politics. I'm surprised they didn't release her movie on Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, I'm that I'm surprised that great. wasn't coordinated to do that. But, you know, it's part of the moral framework of the left. It's always, it, it's, you know, you kind of, when you look at the stuff they celebrate or support, you, you know, you would think it's, strange like it would be shocking like what is going on what are they thinking you try to figure out what they're thinking if unless you understand their moral framework so it's anything that is uh anti-god in general but anti-christian mm-hmm. in particular that's usually the number one you know mm-hmm. there are hierarchies in these things but anti-christian in particular so like you you couldn't you wouldn't be able to figure out or reason out why you would find these leftists supporting uh, Islam and they support mm-hmm. radical Islam and defend right. radical Islam. Uh, you know, it would make no sense. 
Right. Like, you know, the radical, the radical uh, stream of Islam is going to be, you know, the, the women's not going to have any rights. Uh, they're beheading journalists. They're, homosexuals they're, they're, they're have gonna, no rights they're, they're in Islam. Kill yeah. homosexuals, mm -hmm. you know, and all that. So, so you wouldn't logically support that. But they go no further in their moral framework than to than to say that's against Christianity. Therefore, we're we're for it. This is against you know uh, white men. Therefore, we're for it. This is against America. Therefore, we're for it. This is against the Constitution, right? So everything has to be anti-America, anti-American principles, and so that's 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 why she's celebrated, not because. They're necessarily for anything, you know, anything mm -hmm. we would think of in that sense. But they're, but it's an anti stance. It's right. it's a morality that simply arrays itself against Christianity, against uh, traditional American principles of liberty and faith. Uh, so you know that's why they celebrate people like this. That's why they can name. I mean, think about it. You uh, have your award, right? You award women with an award for being, you know, leaders and great women and it's the Margaret Sanger award. Right, right. The so, Margaret so Sanger you, so, given to Hillary Clinton. Right. You wouldn't be able to reason that out unless you understand, right, the 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 sort of position. So here Margaret Sanger who you know talked to who was a racist, a eugenicist which I mean, part of the eugenicist movement was was race and stem well, to from, eliminate the right? blight so she, of the black yeah, population. Talked about, Those were his words. She talked about the black population being uh, like insects that have to be exterminated, whatever. So you know, why would why would you a, log, a logical person would say why in the world would you name your ward after this genocidal uh, maniac? Well, because of the abortion thing, right? right? So it's like anything. Anything vile, anything against um, a, a a common morality, right? Anything right. like what you would call traditional morality, anything against that, they're for it. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg says that the men who wrote the Constitution wrote it in part to oppress women and to keep them out of polit political of the political process, to keep them out of politics. And I just want to know. Um, what does Margaret or, or what does what does Ruth Bader Ginsburg have to say about the fact that the first American woman playwright, the first American woman historian, published, mind you, not oppressed writing in a corner under some pseudonym, right? The first American woman political advisor was part of the writing of our Constitution. Her name is Mercy Otis Warren. She is my favorite founding mother. She is the t-shirt the that I'm wearing today. If you're watching us on uh, YouTube, our, we have um, Mercy Otis Warren as, as part of our Liberty First gear. Remember, not just to pontificate, but to educate. You wear this t-shirt. It's got a Mercy Otis. It, it tells all about Mercy on the back. And people need to know because Mercy gets no airtime. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg gets a movie, mm -hmm. right? And so without mercy, I can't even imagine how, how different America would be today because of the influence that she had on generals and presidents and those who wrote the Constitution. She was an anti-federalist who, who pushed for the, the, the uh, 
the incorporation of the Bill of Rights into the Constitution. She was such a strong woman. And it's just amazing to me that people simply don't know who she is. And I think it's tragic. Yeah. Because this propaganda that comes from, from Ruth Bader Ginsburg not only is a lie, not only denies mercy's due honor, but doesn't it discourage people from actually wondering if she exists? I mean, it stops. It chills the whole, the whole procedure of searching through history to find women you can admire. Why would I look for that? Because Ruth says they don't exist. Mm-hmm. What about, um, and they weren't just all, um, all uh, women who were uh, well-known. We talk about Phyllis Wheatley. Phyllis Wheatley was a mother, but she was, she was also a slave at the time. And that's where our course, uh, Slavery in the American Founders, really becomes relevant when you understand the history between, behind Phyllis Wheatley. Yes, she was a slave, but she was a slave mandated by law that required our independence from Great Britain to set her free. Yes, that's, that's, where, that's where I was just thinking. The, when you hear Ginsburg's comments, it's sort of a, a common, I think... Uh, a common sort of flawed thought process of where you blame the system for actions of you know people using the system right 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 so in fact the the american constitutional system is is the best system that exists to move toward liberty for all right, right. so when 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 the system was set up and began moving in that direction and set a trajectory for that direction. Now, what wasn't perfect, you know, we had compromise for particular reasons in there that you talk about in Slavery and Founders and other places. But, and of course, there were bigots in the system trying right. to use the system to oppress women right. on the state level, right. federal level. Okay, but it's not the system itself right no it wasn't the constitution that established the oppression of women it established the opposite it was people in government denying those principles that maintained slavery beyond its constitutional boundaries that denied women their rights and that sort of thing see it reminds me of frederick Douglass as he's giving you know he gave the fourth of july uh speech i think in 1852 in talking about no, it's not. The, the system is a good system. The Constitution is a liberty document. Declaration of Independence is a liberty document. And he, and he was telling the folks, live up to these principles. So he, does, he wasn't saying the system is flawed, the system should be thrown out, but you people are not living up to the aspirations, the, the standards of the system. So it's a people problem. Right. Not not an American constitution yeah, that's problem. That's a very good point. And and I think I love that I love that he, that Frederick Douglass actually articulated Yeah. Articula- and so this this that. is that's where the flaw in their thinking where they align themselves against the constitution against the American principles not recognizing that it, it is in fact if if you know as on the surface of your words say that you're for equality and liberty for these individuals if you are in fact for that, then this is the best system through which to achieve that, right? So don't and, don't don't align yourself against it. And Phyllis Wheatley knew this. That's why she was in favor. She she wrote a poem to honor George Washington. 
because she knew that without independence from Great Britain, she and her children could never be free. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Happy Mother's Day, mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. We are so appreciative of the women who fight for our children today, who fight for our liberty today. And just to dispel this idea that these women are some kind of an anomaly, you know, we're just bring, we're we're cherry picking, and and that history, what they did, doesn't really afford a place in our history books. There's so many people to write about. I mean, you have Betty Zane, who was only 17 years old when she invaded an enemy fort and stole the provisions that were needed for her her people to survive. What about Sybil Ludington? Right, you want to talk about where's the place in history. Sybil Ludington rode farther than Paul Revere and fought harder than Paul Revere. Why not talk about the ride of Sybil Ludington? Why not talk about Prudence Cummings Wright, a 35-year-old mother of six who was the captain of her militia, while the men were off fighting for independence, the women had to come together to protect their communities. Prudence Coming Right was a captain of her militia. She recruited 30 to 40 women to be an active militia while their husbands were off fighting. And she actually captured a, a Tory spy and was was responsible for some very sensitive information to be delivered to the troops that would bring about a victory. Mm -hmm. How about uh, Deborah Sampson, who disguised herself as a man named Robert Shirtliff, who actually fought and was wounded in battle, and when her identity was discovered, that she was disguising herself as a man because she wanted to... Can you imagine... Knowing that something that you that you are watching people fight for something so important, watching somebody people fight for something you knew had to happen, and then you realized you had to be a part of that. There was nothing you could do to but be a part of that. And she disguised herself as a man to fight in this battle. And when she her identity was discovered, they didn't court-martial her. They didn't... Ruth Bader Ginsburg would probably teach you that they hung, hanged her or something, or they put her in prison. They actually... Her general, her commander, gave her the highest honor that she could receive. General George Washington gave her an honorable discharge from a military, and she got a pass in review by her regiment standing next to her general. Yeah. And knowing knowing she could be killed, man, she she bailed off into that. I mean, she even I mean to go through that at, at the risk of your life. It actually makes me think of the Colorado kid, the kid in the Colorado shooting, mm -hmm. uh, Castillo, I think last name. The I mean, the kid that uh, was killed saving those lives. I saw an article, and his the dad said we had actually talked about that, and I told him you don't need to be a hero, right? And he <laughs> and he answered his dad, hey, I'm not gonna sit by. Right. I, I'm I'm going to do what I need to do. Right. Regardless. You know, he said, that's the way you raised me. That's what I'm going to do. And this kid 
rushed in and gave his life and probably saved all those other kids in the in the class. So, you know, this is that spirit in this in this lady right this here. This is who we are. You yeah. know, I mean seriously. She's she's wounded and in battle and instead of giving up and while I did my duty, she actually takes a pen knife and takes the musket ball out of her own leg so she can go back into battle. I don't understand this. And one quote by Hannah Winthrop one quote I think just intellectually punches Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the face. Hannah Winthrop says, and be it known unto Britain, even American daughters are politicians and patriots and will aid the good work with their female efforts. And then you have, you've got the, the British soldier explaining to the British General Cornwallis, Sir, we may destroy all the men in America, and we shall still have all we can do to defeat the women. Mm-hmm. That's what makes Ruth Bader Ginsburg a a, a, a shame to the history, an embarrassment to American women, and a disgrace to the office of a Supreme Court justice. No, she betrays, as you mentioned, the spirit of America. Yeah. It's who we are. We're you know, brave, our men, women, children, doesn't matter. And so she is tearing down the very character of America with her false history. I just can't even imagine how many women walk around thinking that we come from a history of oppression and not a history of bravery and glory. This is the DVD you can go get, chrisannhall.com. Happy Mother's Day. We absolutely love you. God bless.